Hello, and welcome to Ask Mama Amy, a podcast promoting practical advice and resources for strong mothers. I'm your host, Amy Shao, single mom and estate planning attorney and founder of Shao Law. Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to have my friend Leah uh, with us today. Um, she has uh, so much to share with us. I've been personally very inspired by her story as a mom. And so I'm so excited uh, to have her here with us on the Ask Mama Amy podcast. So Leah, thank you so much for being on uh, our show today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I felt um, um it was really nice to feel like I had a story that was worth sharing <laughs> with you. So I, I really appreciate you know, the invitation. Yeah, of course. Um, so Leah, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? What's your, um, tell us about your son uh, and what's your journey as a mom? Um, just share your, your story with us. All right. I, um, my name is Leah Schechter. I'm a native San Diegan. I have a five and a half year old son named Ira. and um, like uh, a few other moms on your podcast, we met when our kids were tiny babies, breastfeeding and um, giving space to all the tears that came along with those early days. Um, <laughs> it's such a special time. Yeah. It's a special time. Um, I um, started. Um, I started out as a single mom by choice, which meant that I really had the goal of motherhood at the forefront of my sort of life planning. Um, so in, at a certain point I was, uh, I was married very briefly and I figured that, um, what I really wanted out of life was, was to be a, a mom. And so I sort of skipped over the part of finding a, uh, a life partner to do that with. <laughs> um, so I actually have a really, um, terrific, um, uh, relationship with, a what we call a known donor. So a lot of moms choose to do this through, um, a sperm bank um, or through anonymous sources. Um, and I actually chose to, to do this with a, a friend of mine who still lives in New York, where I initially sort of started this process. So he's uh, a single guy out there and is actually delightfully um, involved from afar in that he willingly and happily receives updates and we visit um, fairly regularly probably about once a year so they have like a very nice relationship but he is definitely a donor and not a dad so um, Ira is very well aware that he grew up in a you know what we call the mommy baby household mm -hmm. um, and that was our family until um, fairly recently so mm -hmm. uh, we were not entirely on our own we um, I I was um, really lucky in that my family my parents were very supportive um, on this journey, I think because they knew also that this was their one chance at having a grandkid. <laughs> um, and so they were very welcoming. And so I, I actually uh, moved to San Diego from New York to, to go through all of this and got pregnant and um, had the baby and lived in their house until Ira was about five years old. So wow, wow. So, so let me go back to what you said, like, the decision to become a voluntary single mom. I mean, I mean, most people become single moms involuntarily, either mm -hmm. through divorce or whatnot, but making such an intentional and voluntary decision is actually really awesome. <laughs> then you get the full yeah. control. You don't have to go through like custody battles and, and just the clarity and intentionality of it is really admirable. 
it takes a lot of courage. And so can you share with us, what was it, how did you even get the courage and the support to finally decide to get to that point where you feel comfortable enough and courageous enough to be a single mom on your own? I think a lot of it was um, naivete. I actually was not, I have worked as a birth doula. I have worked as a prenatal yoga instructor. I have worked as a prenatal health coach. I didn't have a lot of experience on the other side. Like I knew what it took to make and grow a healthy baby, have a birth, process that birth, but I didn't know what was happening on the other side. Had I had maybe more information about what <laughs> what parenting was actually going to be like, you know, who knows? <laughs> but I really, I had such a strong, you know, sort of physical desire and need. Like it was a brainstem activity that led me through that. And I, I think it took a little bit of, um, like I said, naivete, but also just like a real understanding of what my body and my brain was asking for ultimately, like in my life experience and that I could talk myself out of a partner, but I couldn't talk myself out of a baby. And so I joined a, uh, a community of single moms by choice. I read a lot. I read a lot about being single. I read about a lot about living, you know, as a solo person. So it was really first a journey about personal, like independence. I lived on my own. I took care of myself. I had, um, you know, obviously great friends and dogs and a community, but I, I knew that there was more than I wanted. And I didn't, you know, going into this, I thought I was going to have all the strength to do it by myself. And very luckily and thankfully, I met this group of moms exactly when I needed them, which was about five weeks after my son was born, <laughs> because it turns oh, out that like, <laughs> it is very hard. <laughs> so um, I think what was great was sort of really having um, this, the also the great benefit of having this be my primary focus. And I had like a great blessing of having my parents financially support me during this time uh, mm -hmm. because I was able to quit my job and I was really, um, I was really focused on being a primary parent and a full-time parent. Yeah. And so yeah. It, it required a lot of help. It required definitely a lot of assistance to do that. But yeah, I think it was like a lot of reading and a lot of um, really building myself up to be able to, to do this and knowing that like, if there were more pieces that I wanted to add back in, that there would always be time for that. Yeah. And, and I mean, you're, you yourself is highly educated and you had a successful career prior to deciding to become a full-time mom. Mm -hmm. And so you, you thoroughly thought it through and then this is the calling and it almost seems biological, like the whole uh, mental space just called you for that. And you educated yourself. Um, Definitely. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think that's just sort of been a component. Like I have always, I've done a lot of mixing it up. I've done a lot of personal transformations. And so I felt like this was just sort of one more awesome opportunity I could sort of shift to do. I've, I've worn a lot of hats in my life, but I, you know, so putting on this, this mother hat has also just been, it's been the most humbling, leveling, like it's the hardest, job. the hardest. It's, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, there's nothing quite like, you know, and I'm sure like maybe you've experienced this, you know, like having this very successful career and really feeling like, you know, who you are in the world and you've got these sort of, 
external deliverables and, you know, accountability to other people and places and things. And you sort of know how to do all of that. Mm. And the parenting is just the most on the job training in a state of like daily failure, like daily challenges, like it's unrelenting. And just, as you know, like you think you're going to just, just when you think you've gotten it with your kid, just right. And you're like, are in the groove, then they learn and grow and you've got to like run to catch up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's <laughs> countless, countless figures. <laughs> um, so on the journey, um, after you had Ira, uh, then it, when you meet other parents as a voluntary single mom, like when you go and go out and meet other moms or meet other parents, what was the most challenging part, like in your conversing with them? And how do you sort of do you share that or do you not share that? How do you navigate that? The well, social expectations and all that. Yeah, I think what was really important was letting other moms know that it was okay to do it on their own. And I think like part of that is acting as not necessarily as a role model because I'm also don't know what I'm I'm flying by the seat of my pants too, but I I feel like it was helpful to to know that um helpful for maybe other moms to know that it was doable by themselves. Like if they were experiencing challenges in their relationship, in addition to the challenges of parenthood. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also found a small sort of single moms community group too, so that we could sort of really understand these challenges of being on all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it was also really important for other families and kids to know that like not every family has two parents, not every family we know has either, uh, that there are all different kinds of families to be living in. And so it was helpful for my son to, um, to meet other kids of single parents, other kids of single moms by choice. And of course, like all different types of families with, you know, two moms, two dads, however that comes across. So I think it was nice to be an example of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so um, the setting the expectations and, and sort of just letting other people know, uh, and that in and of itself brings a lot of um, support yes. even to other people. Yeah, uh-huh. I think so. But uh-huh. then, you know, there's also just this idea of, you know, there was a little bit of a struggle, you know, so I think even like at the beginning where like somebody's husband would go away for the weekend, they were like, I'm a single mom for the weekend. And you're like, well, Okay, but, (laughs) okay, but uh, yeah, so, but it was good. I mean, I think like I was really able to tap into like, you know, we talk a lot about like community building, Mm. all these different er areas, all these different communities, right? The community can be as big or as small as you, as you want or need it to be, right? So I've done a lot of work and we talk about sort of like this mom community. So I have all these different sort of mom groups and all of these different support systems, Um, And so exploring that, exploring like where I could be helpful and exploring where I could be, um, take on more of like a leadership position um, or, you know, so that led me into working with my, um, my local neighborhood community group, Mm -hmm. the Mission Hills Town Council. And so that was sort of started out as sort of a, a casual volunteer experience. And then eventually I worked my way up to becoming the president of the Mission Hills Town Council and really trying to 
work as a liaison, as a helper to get the people of my community more connected with um, the people making the rules about the community. So other local leaders, other mm-hmm. political leaders, our representation, or, you know, our representatives to, um, you know, to various state and local governments and federal governments and things mm-hmm. like that. So really just tapping into this network of other human beings. So it's, it's about yeah, connecting on all these different levels. Yeah, share with us a little bit more about the your work in the community. I attended the pie contest. Right. <laughs> I remember that. Quite the <laughs> highlight of my career. It was so much fun. Hosting a pie contest, of course. Yeah, I think like, it, it, you know, there's, I, and it's interesting because I, I lived, I, I lived in and grew up in the in Mission Hills in San Diego. And so I came back there as an adult and was there with all of these, um, you know, moving back into my parents' house, which was just a very strange and humbling experience of just kind of being an adult teenager at home. <laughs> but um, what was really important to me was that I got to know my neighbors. Um, and so we did all a lot of sort of community building activities. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, so then I, then you're on your, you're on your feet. You, you really need to like figure out all this ex- digging down to figure out that you actually have all of these, these, the skill set of event planning or uh-huh. communication or moderating or hosting or all these kinds of things, hosting community forums, those kinds of things. Um, and so really the purpose of this community group was to create and sustain um, spaces where people could meet their neighbors so that we could care about our neighbors, right? So that we could, um, um, so that we could care about them to take care of them and to take care of ourselves. And so I just moved to a new neighborhood. And so we're sort of really beginning the process of like meeting everybody and not having an established identity in that space. So, um, yeah. And then the other sort of things that I was able to work on during the early years of parenting is um, I worked with the San Diego March for Science and the San Diego Women's March. So really um, helping with just a lot of logistics. So really what I did find was that my strengths were in um, not necessarily taking on leadership roles, but being a good helper. <laughs> so, <laughs> So that like my management job is really the parenting role and that like I have the bandwidth um, to to be directed to do <laughs> to do helpful things. <laughs> and people say, you know, a good leader is a good servant, right? And so you're helping, <laughs> you're serving by helping. And what a great model for uh, Ira to see, like for your son to see, like mom is not just you know, mom is an influencer and the community and just doing all these things to help people. And do you bring Ira to these events? Yeah, absolutely. And it's definitely very hard to keep a five-year-old, you know, in tow. So that's when we get the wagon out. And, um, you know, I've, I've dragged him around countless marches around the city. You know, he's been there in, you know, community forums and um, I really try to get him engaged because I think it's a lot harder to do that later in life. Um, and I think that, you know, promoting empathy is such a huge, uh, it's a huge project for a kid. <laughs> and so we really need to come at it from like so many different angles. And so like really having him understand all these different, understand to a five, what a five-year-old can understand uh, mm-hmm. about all these different facets about how, how our society is uh, working or not working and how we can contribute as individuals. 
Uh-huh. And and there, you have a really big heart to hold all these different components and spaces of of different people. And so, what was would you say? What was the most challenging part, or if you would share a, a vulnerable moment, a challenge on this journey as a mom? Well, I think what's really challenging is to is to share that um, it's to it's to be able to sort of share that energy also with your kid when it's, when the investment is, is so long. I mean, the investment is so long-term, right? You don't always sort of get out of your kid an immediate gratifying response from them for all the work that you're putting in, right? There's no big event at the end of it. There's no pie contest where you're like, okay, that's done. Right. You're like, at the end of the day, Ira is not going to put on your shoulders. and say, right. <laughs> right. So that it's like, it's really that the challenge is to know that this work goes on for seemingly forever. That, like that our, right. That what we get back out of it is something that we have to figure out at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I have this conversation with my partner recently about sort of having fun parenting, right? And that sometimes that's really a challenge is to actually experience fun as an adult playing with your kid or experiencing the fun and not just experiencing their joy having fun, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of that is this, you know, realizing that you're making an investment in, in the kid's life rather than sort of like looking for some sort of immediate gratification. Mm -hmm. As a mom, you're not necessarily going to get <laughs> and that uh, having even been aware of that perspective is important, right? Otherwise, many, you know, many moms just are so focused on their kids' joy. And then one day when the kids uh, turn 18, and then all of a sudden they lose their identity. And, and so you're focused on also figuring out fun for yourself while having fun with this. Yeah, I, I don't have it yet. I don't have that answer, but it's something. <laughs> It's going to no- look for the answer. Right, right. It's written down in a notebook. Absolutely. <laughs> a goal. So tell us about your, your partner. I know you're in a, it's a, a, a blended family situation. And so what are some of the, yeah, just share with us your experience and maybe some of the challenges and the joy on this uh, new phase of your life. Yeah. So this has been really quite, quite a shift is that I, um, in this journey to single parenthood, I had sort of really written off having a partner. You know, I had sort of like really committed to this path and didn't know when or how to open it or if it was going to make sense to open it up or if I was always going to just have this identity as a single mom. Mm-hmm. And um, then I, you know, got a little antsy around age three <laughs> and was like, oh, okay, yes, I can be my own human individual outside of being a mom. And so I met this incredible man who is a single dad. And, you know, we had this incredible relationship of just us as adults. And we kind of left our kids out of it for a really long time, for about a year, year and a half. We really just had an adult relationship where we, then we recognized like, Hey, actually, you know, you're a person that I really would want with around my kid. Like, you know, it took a very long time for the gatekeeping piece of it. And so we moved in together just very recently. We've been living together for maybe, I don't know, I want to say four or five months. And 
it's been a real eye opener in terms of the amount of sort of um, walls and barriers that each of us have put up to create the pillars of strength that we needed to be single parents. And sort of knocking those pieces back down again has required a lot of self-reflection, a lot of hard conversations about um, how to maintain our values um, and still sort of feeling like we're both defending our space and defending our kids in this interactions. And yet, you know, ultimately we both know that we are so open and so loving and we love each other's kids. Um, but a lot of it is just sort of like, how do we share the kitchen in the morning? <laughs> how do we? Simple things like that. <laughs> Simple things like that. So there's so much of these just very, the daily quotidian tasks of, you know, just waking up and sharing the energy, you know, being grumpy in the morning. How do you create space for somebody else's grumpiness? And I say that, you know, that's his question for me and my cranky <laughs> attitude. <you know? laughs> and, um, and yet, and then giving up a little bit of that piece of, you know, your independence and this piece of your, um, you know, your individuality and how to maintain all of that. Now that I'm like an adult, you know, and I'm not going into this relationship as like less of a fully formed kind of young person that now like we are both very well-developed adults with um, now figuring out how to share this life with our little kids. So mm -hmm. and I, I shouldn't say little kids. Um, his kid is almost 13. So, uh -huh. and you know, the way we've been thinking about it is like, I have a skill set of a five-year-old parent, right? Like I my skills go up to five and a half now, you know, like maybe I can, I'll do a little light reading so that I'm prepared for six, but now I'm living with this almost 13 year old and like, I'm rushing to catch up. Like I have a lot, that's a big gap for me to be learning and growing. So. Right. That's yeah. an interesting perspective. I didn't think about it that way. Like when, when blending with another person who has a kid, the different parenting levels. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and sort of like where I fit in as, you know, I've heard this said that, you know, you know, like people have called, you know, referred to like a step parent as a bonus parent or something like that. I read a very helpful, um, a helpful book or a blurb somewhere where somebody mentioned the idea of a step parent as a, as a camp counselor role. Yeah. So that was something that I spoke with my soon to be step kid this morning about how, you know, a as a, as a camp counselor, you have the responsibility of keeping this kid, you know, fed healthy, but that you're, you actually get a pretty fun experience of just being able to do crafts and have fun and be outside. And, you know, that you aren't necessarily primarily responsible for their, um, for, for growing them from the start but that you get to come in with this formed person respecting that they have an identity and they've had a life before you and that you're really, you get this, you get this extra opportunity to have a relationship with a, like such a close relationship with another kid. It's really, um, it's wild and it's, and it's wonderful and it's extremely fulfilling. Um, yeah. But also, you know, I want to say it's, yeah, again, very challenging. Another person in the kitchen in the morning, right? So. <laughs> and, and with two sets of people who are so solid and formed. By the 
Right. So like, I think what we did, like, that was really wise was, you know, acknowledge before we moved in together, like, hey, we're getting on a roller coaster, like, hang on tight, right? That that if, you know, that we know that we're going to have sort of challenges and struggles blending this family together, but that ultimately, like, we have this, like, shared goal, but that, like, it's certainly, like, we know what the destination is, but, like, the journey is going to be very complicated and it's going to be hard. But this is ultimately not like a, it's not a temporary project. It's a permanent project. Right. And, and you having that talk, that awareness that it's going to be a roller coaster, that in and of itself helps significantly. Yeah. And yeah. Who goes in blindly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that is something like a very shared value that uh, Dan, my partner and I have is to be like very, um, He's also, he's an academic. So he, he, you know, we both sort of have this, we, um, you know, I think maybe to our, to a fault, like we really like to prepare and overthink, right. That we really have got, like, we, we try to lay down side of you. A very analytical, <laughs> so we really try to like, you know, do a lot of project management in this situation. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> Uh-huh. So, right. So it's lucky that we've been able to have, you know, professional careers enough that we have sort of this, this skill set to take, to take home, to use at home. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Well, so to sum it up, um, what would you say is the definition of a strong mom? Um, I think, uh, I think there's a crucial component of recognizing that, you know, you don't, you don't need to be, you know, whatever you think strong is that you don't need to be that all of the time that there's a, um, that it being able to, uh, question your experience or to be able to reflect back on your experience and to be able to admit to yourself that you may not have done something correctly the first time around. Um, I try to think of parenthood, like being a strong parent, um, as recognizing that there seems to be sort of limitless seems like opportunities for growth or reflection. Um, being, uh, being a helper and investing in those communities and your, um, and your friends and your, your, your support system um, so that you can ask for help later when you need it. You know, some understanding that there's gonna just be an ebb and flow to, um, to the amount that you can give or the amount that you can take from those around you. Um, and then receiving that, like actually listening and hearing and receiving, you know, what comes to you from, from other women, from other parents. Um, and I think like what I really try to impart to my son, and this is sort of like, I say it out loud to him because I need to also hear it, you know, that we talk about mindfulness, empathy, and courage. And so his grasp of what that means at five may not be any better than what I think that means <laughs> at 45, you know, I'm, I, or I'll tell him to like be bold, you know, and just like these words and w- whatever that means. So embracing sort of the unknown of it all, leaning into that gray, that grayer space um, and being strong means like uh, knowing that you'll be able to get to it on the other side, like holding space for something and knowing that you'll be able to address it in whatever way, like even if it's not at this moment now. Right, 
That's awesome. Um, so any final um, encouraging words for our local community community for moms, maybe they're on the journey or they're considering uh, becoming a voluntary single mom themselves, um, any words for them? Yeah, I definitely think it's really, it's really crucial to, f- to find your, to find your group to, um, and to also sit and think through kind of the things that you don't want to know what you do want, right? So, you know, reflecting on sort of your journey thus far to know how to change directions and do it a little bit differently. Um, and that, you know, we're at a, a really interesting space in society itself where we have sort of these radical opportunities to create and grow in a way that I think historically we haven't really been given um, before. So that we're radically rethinking family structures. We're radically rethinking what a family is, creating you know, family out of our friend groups, like really leaning harder into, um, into being helpful and asking for help. And the, uh, the old you know, sort of patriarchal two- heterosexual, normal, you know, whatever that means, like, you know, model didn't work for me. And really being able to just take what I needed out of all of these pieces of my life and, and grow something new. Yeah. And so from that, like, I really know from this journey, like, it's still challenging all the time. Mm -hmm. But that you know, you're able to look back and say like, oh my gosh, see how far I've come? Like imagine, mm-hmm. imagine how to grow even further. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that like, Our- we're never, like we're never stuck. We never need to stay where we're at, like physically, mentally, emotionally. Like there's always going to be room for growth. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Leah, for being with us today. We'll see you next time. Thank you for having me. All right, talk later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Ask Mama Amy. Head over to AskMamaAmy.com for all the show notes and links you heard in today's episode. You'll also get my free legal tool for you to name legal guardians for your children so that you can leave them with abundant resources to support them and a total peace of mind. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review to tell us why. See you next time, mamas.